0: Just wanted to give you a heads up, the word S-E-X is mentioned in today's episode and not in a crude or vulgar manner, but in case you have children listening around you and you wanted to be sensitive to it, this is your Heads Up. Can you teach an old dog new tricks or perhaps a more relevant question for the podcast? Is it possible for our more seasoned pastors to find an audience and make a difference online? My name is Justin Ku, and you're listening to the Digital Missions Podcast. Yo, Justin here, and you are listening to the Digital Missions Podcast, where our goal is to equip pastors like you with the skills needed to reach your first million people with the gospel. Here's the thing, there's a myth that's out there that only the young books have what it takes to dominate social media, that old heads have no chance and that their best days are behind them. Listen, I'm here to tell you that that's nonsense, whether you're 15, 55, or 105 years old. If you have breath, God is not done with you yet you can still make an impact on the world for the kingdom's sake. Don't for one moment listen to the enemy's lies saying that you can't figure it out because you absolutely can. After all, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This spirit is a master teacher, and I'm sure that he's got a few lessons for you still, and who knows? Maybe one of those lessons includes social media ministry. My guest for today's episode is the legend himself, Roger Hernandez. Roger is a pastor, an evangelist, a 14-time author, and as of recent, a successful TikTok creator. Our conversation starts with an exploration as to why some in the church are so excited about social media ministry while others are more resistant. Yeah, I, I think there are four groups in the church. Uh, as it uh, relates to,
1: to media and social media and digital missions, uh, I think there's a small group of people who believe that the only ministry that happens is Sabbath morning in the building, that anything else uh, is a less-than approach to Christianity, that they misinterpret Hebrews and don't forsake the gathering together. So there's a group that believes this is it and I've talked had conversations with pastors who say we are on purpose not broadcasting our services because we want people to come so that's one's one group so I have four number number two is a group that is unaware I tweeted yesterday I, I had a tweet so I tweeted <laughs> uh, I said if you've never had flat fry plantains you need to reevaluate your life right And there are people that said that they had never had fried plantains in their life and they just did about two years ago. And it was amazing. And they had fried yucca and it was amazing. But they never missed it because they never knew it was available, right? So there's another group just like that. It's like, I, I hear this social media. I might have a Facebook that I post on maybe once a year, but I'm not really in the know. Right? They're not really opposed to it. They just don't know how to use it. Then there's another group that understands its value, but does not have any idea how to use it. They, they want to, but they're just not really sure. And then there's a group, probably as small as the first group, that is really doing it, right? They're killing it. They're engaged. So those same four groups operate at the different levels of, of organization. And some people are not just digital natives. What happened with COVID is that it forced us. So it, according to Kerry Newhoff, COVID accelerated 10 years, the process or the road we were already on. I'm glad that it forced people to really recognize that you can do ministry online. You can bless people. You can have community. People will make decisions for Christ and for eternity. So in that sense, I'm not glad about COVID, but I'm glad that COVID did that.
0: So there's these four groups of people in the church at large and how they relate to social media and the idea of online ministry. Where would you place yourself in the four categories? Which one would you say that you are at? I think I when COVID started
1: I was in number three where I sort of like was engaged but not really intentional and I think the fourth group, I'm not killing it but I'm engaged. I have a plan, and I'm intentional. I would put all those people in number four. There are, there might be a fifth group, which is like the Avengers, right? That <laughs> sure. that's like just Justin, right, and Melissa, right? This, this uh, you know, David Asher, this, this, uh, Ty Gibson, Those are the Avengers, right? But the fourth group are are people that, like, oh I saw. Sort of, uh, We sort of know how the system works. We post consistently, we get feedback, there's engagement, people make decisions. We see results and fruits of our labor at different levels of success. Right. But, uh, I, I got this from you, Justin, that if, you know, if, if you had a church service and a hundred people came, you wouldn't call that a failure. But if you had a hundred views, you think, "Man, my live eye! This is crazy. This is bad." <laughs> uh, so that that helped me reimagine, right? As as we're doing, because it's not just somebody who sees it, but somebody who shares it with somebody who sees it. Yes, yes. Um, and and uh, so I'm 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 in in the four, but not Avenger <laughs> Avenger status.
0: <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So I'd love for you to walk us through that moment when you went from category three to four, you're like, you know what? It's important. And I'm glad that there are people out there doing it to like, oh, snap. Like I could do this. Like I should do this. Like I will do this. Like there was an evolution in thought that happened. You actually leaned in and decided to give it a shot. Can you talk us through the story of, of how you first were exposed to the idea? What was it that you heard that really got you thinking? And then what was it like for you to actually dive all the way in? when I um, when I met my friend Arnaldo Arnaldo Cruz he
1: he was a presenter also at ec3 uh, about 10 years ago he said you should be on YouTube and I was like absolutely um and I didn't and do anything on for seven years I think the moment that it became for me more than just a social media where I just post pictures of my kids or myself where it's just like, Hey, here's, you know, here's this plate with rice and beans and, and fried plantains and be, and it became more intentional. I can tell you the exact time it happened. It was the first time that we did a live with my wife on Facebook. We had a Facebook live. We didn't plan much. We just, it was during the pandemic. We were in our, in the kitchen table and we just, you know. Got the phone and we started talking and we, we talked about sex, uh, which is interesting because if you want to get people's attention, work talk on the about internet, talk <laughs> about sex or the end times or sex in the end times. This is so it's a winner. <laughs> so we were talking about sex, right? And then I said I was sharing my story that there was a time. That I was not interested in sex, and I was very lethargic and very tired, and would come home, go to bed, wake up, eat, go to bed again. And my wife was wondering, does he have another woman? Is he watching Uh-oh. porn? What's going on? And it was, it was my testosterone. <laughs> it was that that was a problem. And then we figured that out, and it was fixed. And I shared that story, and then she shared how she felt, and we closed with a closing thought about. The importance of communication, not just to suffer in silence, but to just talk to you. And I had a phone call from somebody who watched it and said, that same thing is happening to me. Oh, wow. And I'm going to go to the doctor. That was the moment for me was like, oh my goodness. Like you mean, I wasn't rehearsed, there wasn't a script. It was just me and my wife talking for 15 minutes about something that happened in our life. And there, it shifted. For me, like, hey, here's my life. Two, I want
0: to add value to yours. Huh. Right. Was so, the thought that, that you're potentially saving a marriage here? Or why was that so impactful? Just the fact that someone was listening? Or why was that so alarming for you?
1: The, the impact, the influence that you can have to help somebody that's 500 miles away. So at that moment I understood, Hey, oh my goodness, like we can actually help people with this. So we started talking about jealousy. We started talking about during the pandemic, those were the topics. And and that's where it shifted. It was like, okay, I wake up every day. I want to post once a day, something that I, that I, it's real or it's relevant It can add value to somebody. And then when I started doing it, then you find your niche, right? You find the people that you blessed specifically, that really align with you. Some people really do not align with you, and they let you know, And which means that somebody is aligning with you. The moment somebody says, I'm leaving you, I'm unfollowing, I'm like, this is, this, is, this is not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. It's okay, just, <laughs> just go, just go. <laughs> but that means that somebody is being blessed by it. Right? That, that that's all that's all that means. You you start making connections with people and then you start recognizing same comments from different people and you 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 see actual people being helped. You had a lady said, you know, I used to spank my my, my kid in, in with you know with anger and I, I was hurting her and We gave a conversation and said, I'm looking for help. I'm with a counselor now, you know, I've improved a lot. So just
0: to see people move their needle a little bit, it's a, it's a blessing. Roger quickly found out a few important truths of social media ministry. The first lesson being this, that God will bless it. We're told in scripture that the word never returns void, that somehow, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God always has a plan. And it's because of this fact that it actually makes sense to lean in and get started today. You don't have to have the master plan. You just need to be willing to trust the master's plan. The second lesson that Roger learned is that online ministry is simply an extension of your real life. After all, didn't David have to fight Goliath in his own armor and not King Saul's? Said differently, if you're going to have a personal impact through your online ministry, you must impact your online ministry with your very person. Uh, Let's talk about your niche or niche a little bit. I know I remember one of the first times that I came across your ministry. I was just amazed that you want to know what it is? I and mean, it's funny because I know that you do this intentionally. The thing that I, I noticed, actually, let's just do this. Can you take a guess as to what I noticed as an outsider who never met you before? I come across you and in live events, there was something that I did notice. Um, either my Jordans or my humor. <laughs> it was the Jordans. <laughs> yeah. I remember just thinking like, man, there's this guy who works for the church and he gets away with wearing sneakers on the stage. I'm like, maybe there's hope for me too. Because I felt like... In my own little way not with the jordans i don't wear jordans i wear crocs right now i'm i'm definitely on the opposite end of the cool spectrum when it comes to that but just the idea of like man there's this guy who doesn't fit the mold and he's still being impactful out there that to me was really inspiring i'd I'd love for you to tell the story about the jordans because i know that that's a central part of kind of uh, the way that you present yourself in live person live in person but also i'd love to hear how that philosophy actually carries over to the online world because In the majority of your content, we don't actually get to see your feet. And so there's a different, like there's there's still the same heart shows up, but it's, it's articulated differently. I'm going to assume in how you preach online versus in a, in a, in a church or something like that.
1: It's a really cool story. You know, I love my son a lot. I love all my kids, but my son and I had a a special relationship. He's the only boy. And then he just, you know, started making different choices and, and I was really heartbroken about it, but God brought him back right he brought him back in a way that is completely miraculous uh, so in the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic I said I'm going to have a year because my son gave me some shoes and he said he he's a sneakerhead, right so he said I'm going to give you these Jordans please do not use them to cut the grass and work on the yard these are like going out shoes so I had to be educated in that So in 2020, I said, in the beginning of 2020, I said, for the whole year, uh, I'm going to have an initiative called In Their Shoes, which I'm going to preach. For the whole year in Jordan, So I'm going to send a message to the kids in the church, or or not in the church, who are there, that you matter, that you're important, uh, that we see you. And then the pandemic happened (laughs) in, in that year, and I've never stopped wearing them. Uh, and it's just become like Jesus and Jordans is uh sort of like my trademark this is what I love Jesus and I love Jordans and they have opened up a lot of doors and when I'm preaching it's like I know you're the pastor from Jordans they don't even know my name but you're the one you're the pastor I love Jordans and when we do online stuff we do Jordan giveaways and you know Nike giveaways nice but it's, it, it, it every time I go preach I you know to be honest Justin I thought I was going to get more pushback than I have but you know why I think I I haven't is because the amount of people in the church that have lost their kids, right? When I tell the story and the context behind it, they're like, "Yeah, I, I'm not gonna wear it." But if there's something that could be done to reach my my kids' generation, the more and Mary and I preach, I really, I mean, I've 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 gone to some some churches with them Jamaican ladies with the hats. They're, they're looking at yeah, but- me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I think you know that that's sort of been like, uh, hey, I just want to send a message. I'll I'll be ninety percent of me is traditional because I wear a suit and a tie and a dress shirt and a dress pants, but I'm gonna wear my Jordans as a just a you know just a signal. It's like hey, you know you matter too. There is a a signal that I'm sending to a generation that. It's it's not spoken, but it's understood. Like this person might be safe huh. to talk to because he's not caught up in you know the you know dress socks and dress shoes uh, with shorts like like most so <laughs> my dad used to wear. So so there are some people in the fringes, right? On uh, for me, it's especially on on Instagram. There's some kids in the fringes, right, who are questioning, deconstructing. Many of them, some of them don't attend church anymore. That we have an interaction is that we are friends, right? And they feel safe to talk about religious questions with me. They feel safe to talk about God and whatever the stuff they're questioning. Um, so it, it's just, it's one way of saying, if we see that in Jesus, Jesus came and and became man. He morphed into like what we were. So I'm just, unless it's sinful or illegal, I, I'm going to go right to the line. Um, I'm going to try it. And and sometimes that that's what social, for me, right? Sometimes you try stuff and you think it's going to work and it doesn't. And sometimes you just... I did a video that took me literally like one minute to do. I was leaving my house and I said, hey, Georgie, film this. Georgie is a friend of mine who lives with us. Georgie, filmed this for me. And I opened the door and I said something and I shut the door and it has 1.3 million views. And there you others, go. I've been, I've been writing scripts and it has like 432 views. And I'm like, sometimes you got to throw stuff at the wall. There's a method to the madness, right? But in that method, there's... Just there's different some madness. <laughs> ways, yeah. There, there is. There's this try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. So that seemed to hit a nerve, to resonate. It's like, hey, you know, I, I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna tell you in 30 seconds the story. I'm not gonna say the country, right? But I went to preach at a country in a packed auditorium that there were people standing outside looking through the windows, and they put me in a room where there was a picture in the wall of appropriate dress for the pulpit. And there was a guy, a picture of a guy with tennis shoes on. And it says, and this is not appropriate. <laughs> and, and, and I preached, and at the end, there were kids that came up and it was like, we didn't know if you were going to wear it in this country. But it was me. So they they were fine with me doing it, right? It's a signal for the kids in our country is like, hey, you know, there's hope. It's not everybody's not the same. There there is which is one of the things that COVID did, it just flattened the surfaces. People started watching sermons in other places and they're like, Hey, wait a minute, that guy wears a ring? He's a pastor? What? That guy was a jury what that well, that's really
0: that's great Orient. It's fantastic. So we live in a brand new world. I'm glad I'm happy for it. I love it. I'd love a little bit more insight on your content creation journey. So as I understand the timeline in my mind, and you can correct me where I'm where I'm off. You started with the Facebook videos, you and Kathy together. You had that one about, uh, you know, sex and your lack of testosterone and all that kind of stuff. And that was the kind of entry point for you. I know at some point you transition over YouTube because you and I were talking about this for, I don't know, at least a year or two. And then now, from what I understand, you're maybe still doing some of those other things, but you're spending more time creating TikTok videos. I'd love to know kind of the evolution of content creation for you and kind of why you're focused on whatever it is that you're focused on today.
1: Yeah, I, my uh, YouTube journey started very, very soon after that. Uh, and then we started doing, you know, three three to five videos a week. Like, oh wow! You know, yeah, twenty. To, yeah, but it was just you know conversation. It wasn't. There was no edits, right? Yeah. It was just a conversation about a specific topic. Uh, and but now you know, once everything opened back up again, we do one YouTube program a week in Spanish on Friday nights for thirty minutes with my wife. And then I've done even in YouTube a lot more shorts. tests, Right. You know reels on uh, Instagram, shorts uh, on on Facebook, and, and on YouTube, and, and reels on on Facebook. And then you know, about a year ago, I just one day it was like, "Hey, let, let's let's try this uh, this TikTok thing," and but had no idea how to do it, and was it just me? You know, looking at my phone, like this. it just <laughs> I just started posting stuff, and then. I had a conversation with you. Uh, I called in June, and and there is where I really understood how how to do the TikTok. And and we, I went through the um, not through the academy, but but the challenge, you know, the five day mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. And from there, that I started posting consistently, you know, three or five times a week on TikTok.
0: Shameless plug here, Roger's referring to our online masterclass, the MTPU's to a million views online course. It's actually the same resource that we talk about at the end of every episode. So if you want to be a part of it, I'll say more about it at the end of the show. So do stick around.
1: And I love those because I can do them from anywhere in, uh, you know, I, in that medium, I don't do a lot of religious stuff. I do a lot of stuff that is universal. Like this, yeah. I, especially I like to do some, you know, mix some humor. This week I had a bottle of ketchup that had a little bit left and I just opened it up, put water in it. I showed people what we do in Hispanic churches. When you have a little bit of ketchup, you put water in it and you mix it and then you have more ketchup. There you go. Um, but but, but, I, I sometimes, I, I talk about relationships on TikTok all the time and funny. Relationships yeah. and funny. I don't do a lot of like the old, you know, like biblical spiritual stuff that I leave that for Facebook and Instagram. Hmm, why is that? But when I I found a group of people that will connect with that, and from there, like I would say, hey, I have a resource okay. that if you I talk about jealousy, for example, it's like I have a resource. If you if you want this book on you know how to say goodbye to the green monster of jealousy, email me here, and then people will email. But it's 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 people that are completely unchurched, completely non-evidence, complete a whole ecosystem that's out of our denomination, and I love it. I don't know if I told you what uh, uh, that I put us when I first started TikTok. I put a a, a TikTok with a song that, that the TikTok picked for me, and it was cuss word after cuss word, <laughs> 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 and you would know. I I understood after that video, I said, This is great because I I didn't have any Adventists to the pastor. Oh my word. It was my son who called me, Hey, you know, you know, you know that your video has some cuss words in it. So I knew that everybody who's following me on it is a totally different ecosystem. Of course, I changed the video, right? Of course, I modified it. I don't want to do that. Uh, But but I, I, I am really intrigued by the impact that you can have in that medium. In my for me is going from the un- from the known to the unknown, right? So I don't do like overtly religious and overtly, you know, biblical themes. But God is in it. It's hundred percent. Jesus is in it. It's
0: just a way to get the hook and then share with them whatever they have questions. So with the little community that you have, what are you noticing? Like what trends are you seeing as far as the felt needs of your audience? What are the things that they're looking for if if it's not the Jesus thing, but you're still showing up? What are they looking for? What are they hungry for?
1: I do most of myself, like I said, in Spanish, right? The number one, I don't know why it is. Maybe it's the people that I've run into, but the number one right now uh, issue is breakups. How to deal with a breakup, how to recover from a breakup, how to heal from a breakup. That video at 1.3 minute is on breakup. The 101,000 is on breakups. The 43,000 views is on breakups. It's all on breakups. COVID did a number on relationships. So people are just coming out of it. Some people haven't dated for two years. Some people got divorced two years ago, but they had to live in the same house. And they finally, now the divorce is final. So there's a lot of potential there uh, to share about the hope that is in us um, from from that community, that's one of the felt needs that I that I hear. The other one that's big is kids. You know, I did one that says, "Whenever your kids are gone, you either have regrets or nostalgia, and nostalgia is a much better companion." And immediately, all the comments on like, get like, my kids left. I'm a ma- I'm a bad mother. I messed up." It's like that community of parents who 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 carry the weight. Of messing up as a parent is incredibly op- incredibly open to encouragement, hope, guidance, right? The, so do- those two things.
0: You know that's that's interesting. That's that's actually one of the trends that I've been seeing. Not so much the the breakup or you know the failed parenting kind of a thing, but just the simple note of hopefulness. That's something that I've been keying in on in the last couple of weeks. And, and I know that you've seen some of my content where I'm kind of in your face. I'm a little bit more subversive. I'm a little bit more edgy sometimes, but what I'm actually starting to kind of pull back a little bit on that, maybe dial it down another 10%, but I'm ramping up a ton on in the realm of hopefulness. And I'm just seeing this a lot more is that people are broken. People are really suffering and they're really struggling and they don't really have people in their lives that speak a hopeful word that give them a sense of, man, you know what, maybe I can actually make it through this. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, I just, I'm seeing people struggling a lot. And I'm finding that when I'm able to craft a word that encourages them, not making excuses for whatever mess they might have made, but certainly encouraging them that there's a, a deep resonance with that. There is somebody right now struggling through
1: life, Wondering if it all is all worth it. There is somebody right now that just broke up with a loved one. There's somebody right now who just lost a son or a daughter. There's somebody right now who lost a job. There's someone right now that just got in a really bad fight with somebody that really cared about and said some things they really regret. Um, and by just pure luck or providence, they might see one of your posts um, the question is when they see it, is that something that's going to encourage them, grow them, bless them? Or is there something that's going to dive them deeper because of the vitriol? So stay positive, stay Christ centered, and stay real, and God will give you the success. My job is to be faithful, and God's job is to take that wherever He might. So and be encouraged. And any way that I can
0: help you guys, I'm always available, except for when I'm not. I'm available when I am and not when I'm not. <laughs> Love it. All right. Before we share with you how to get access to the same training that Roger went through, I want to encourage you to reflect for one moment about this message of hope and what the world truly needs. People are exhausted, they're on the verge of giving up, they're burnt out, and they desperately need a message of hope. And the good news is this, that's exactly the message that he actually gave to us to share. We're comfortable sharing the message of hope through the brick and mortar, and we're even comfortable using radio and television and the printing press. But sometimes we forget just how revolutionary that technology was. To those who lived 500 years ago, the printing press was more disruptive than TikTok, and unfortunately for the average pastor, far more expensive to get started. The good news is that if you have a phone today, and I'm I'm guessing that you do, you already have everything that you need to be as disruptive and as revolutionary as those who came before us. Now on to our resources. We mentioned a four-part masterclass that Roger and many other pastors have gone through to get their launch on social media ministry. And if this is something that you'd want us to send your way for free, courtesy of the Adventist Learning Community, all you need to do is send me an email at hello at digitalmissionspodcast.com. Again, if you'd want the free Empty Pews to Million Views Masterclass, send me an email at hello at digitalmissionspodcast.com. Last but not least, if you have found value in this podcast, do me a solid and send this episode to a friend. And of course, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do that, it actually helps other pastors find the show, get inspired, and get started today with our online ministry.